Welcome to your weekly Social Jack Influence Factory. Introducing your coaches, Dean Delisle, Kate Hassett, and Jackson Delisle. Hey, 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 how's it going, Jackson? Hey, what's up? I'm going, I'm doing pretty good. Kate's out on location today, so she's out and uh, we're not. (laughs) Yeah, Um, she's taking a field trip today. Right, for sure. All right, man. Well, listen, let me uh, go ahead and get us all situated here. So uh, um, welcome, everybody that's on today's program. Welcome to another episode of the Influence Factory, Social Jack Influence Factory. So um, don't forget on social media, uh, if you want to tune in to get Social Jack, uh, use the hashtag Influence Factory for any questions throughout the show, and those will be forwarded to us uh, as we uh, have an amazing guest on with us today. So with that being said, uh, let's uh, let's get rocking and rolling. So uh, uh, welcome, as I said. Uh, so to maximize your learning, don't forget to turn off your cell phone, maybe close your email, take some notes, and tune in. We always want you to take away some uh, good takeaways. We're going to have uh, some news articles here that could impact how you track and how you work with social media. There's also going to be uh, plenty of um, uh, tips. And then we're talking with Nick uh, in, a, in a little bit here about marketing and AI, a very uh, critical and important uh, topic uh, for us. Um, don't forget to engage with the GoToWebinar interface. Uh, we have uh, a questions area in the taskbar there. So uh, if you look at the questions area, uh, you can uh, ask questions throughout the program. So as we welcome some of our guests on today, uh, just go ahead and type in where you're checking in from today. So I want to welcome those of you that are logging in. Looks like we have people from Madison, Wisconsin, Chicago, New York, uh, San Diego, uh, San Francisco, um, the South Loop <laughs> within Chicago. Uh, some uh, folks from Florida, Canada. Welcome everybody who's on with us today. So uh, glad to have you on and uh, let's continue on. So um, uh, real quick, remember that um, the way that social media works is if you engage, you win. So we want to make sure that uh, everybody's a winner in this and that everybody's engaged. Also, Social Jack members, remember that you membership counts. So because uh, you're a Social Jack member, uh, not only do you get all the current downloads and all the um, uh, classes and things like that, um, you know, you get uh, you get you get the latest and greatest material, but you also get privileges like discounts for shows. So we have uh, some more shows that are coming up here, uh, some in Chicago, some in other cities, and we want to make sure that you get benefits uh, of those membership discounts. Uh, so make sure you check your messages that are coming to you from the Social Jack platform, so that you can. Uh, get the discount codes. Uh, So we want to make sure that uh, we all know that membership has its privileges and we want to make sure that uh, you guys take advantage of that. Uh, Also, if you you do miss our program live and you want to tune in later, Jackson, where's the, uh, where are the different places that can pick up this program? So you can tune in on uh, YouTube after the fact, we will upload the recording if you'd like to see our beautiful faces. Or you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, and SoundCloud. So make sure to go and click subscribe on all of those channels. So that way you'll get notified when we upload uh, an episode. That way you uh, aren't always required to be here, but you'll get notified as soon as it's up. Because we understand you guys have busy schedules. We're all working and creating that influence. So... Right. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, listen, uh, don't forget Social Media Strategy Summit. We have at least eight or 10 big brands coming up in less than two weeks on August 14th. Uh, It's from noon central to 4 p.m. And Jackson, um, I know we're producing this, but it's uh, it's amazing some of the topics that they have. So uh, if we can, let's uh, make sure uh, uh, we actually what we'll do is we will 
register uh, everybody from the program into the Social Media Strategy Summit. So, uh, Jackson, we'll follow up with that with everybody and make sure they want to be on there. But uh, what's nice is we want to make sure that uh, you guys get registered, you get in there, and even if you can't attend the whole thing, we want to make sure just like this program, you get access to the recording. And these are thought leaders, uh, just like Nick Myers, who's on with us today, but these are thought leaders in the industry that have to share what's going on inside these big brands and how they can impact your social media. So, uh, so we want to make sure you uh, get full benefit to that. Now, we have some news today. So Jackson, there's five uh, social media automation tools to help you manage your time more effectively. And you know me, I'm a time management freak, almost to a point of uh, OCD. But uh, so tell us a little bit about the five tools. So yeah, so the five tools, uh, the biggest ones I want to talk about, Drum Up uh, was the one that I was really looking at, and that's really cool. It uh, It's a social media management and content curation tool. So uh, you can use this by setting up uh, industry keywords so you can follow content and make sure that uh, content is being posted with those hashtags. It'll basically create a list of hashtags that you're following and seeing what else is happening under those. Also, uh, you can set it up with RSS feeds, like it'll directly feed from this RSS feed into your social profiles. We have something similar like this set up, and, but we use IFTTT for that. And that's a big one that I wanna discuss, and that's probably what we're gonna discuss mainly for this article. And then the rest of it will be in the uh, app.socialjack.com resource center and you can go and access all the links and stuff after the uh, broadcast. So for IFTTT, it is, uh, it's so cool because you can you create recipes that basically allow different platforms to communicate with each other. And so you create recipes specifically commu uh, putting those two together to communicate. So I have a couple, um, the majority of mine are for Twitter. So what I do is I'll have I want this RSS feed to feed into my Twitter and it'll automatically post. You can write, uh, you can uh, adjust what the uh, post says and then it'll give you the link to whatever it's feeding into. So I have it feeding into our SoundCloud account. So whenever we post a new, um, whenever we post a new episode of Influence Factory, it automatically gets tweeted out and it says, hey, if you missed it, make sure to check it out. So it's very, uh, it, you guys can also access it through my Twitter if you guys want to do that. So if you guys don't want to type in influence bank. Yeah, so uh, j just as an example, I just want to be a little clear here on this. So yeah. um, with, um, so for instance, we use a couple of uh, aggregation tools where we actually pull thought leadership based articles and for our influencers, we do this uh, for, for hundreds of accounts. And so in doing this, what we can do is we can actually take those articles put them on like the social jack website and jackson correct me if i'm wrong then you guys do an ifttt that actually picks up the rss feed from the social jack website or any other news source but we'll we control it because we want to we want to see what those articles are and then basically you can give it instructions on on where to post those articles on social media right yeah so that's that goes with the rss feed so all right. uh yeah if you're pulling it from a page that page is going to have an RSS feed that you're going to pull those articles from. So our uh, Social Jack page, our blog on the Social Jack website, is actually we took the RSS feed from that and we made it communicate with our Twitter account. So it gets posted out and it says, you know, we just posted another article. Uh, make sure to check it out. And it's something right. along those lines, you can add hashtags in in the post. Uh, basically, it's very customizable and very easy to use because it's and it's come a long way. It's it's a lot better than what it used to be. So it, it started uh, off. Uh, we started off using it about five, six years ago. But really uh, now it's it's gotten a lot better and easier for anyone to use someone who doesn't have much knowledge of RSS feeds and things like that. So I, I, it is a very cool tool and I, I definitely would recommend checking it out. 
Okay, good. So uh, on to the next one. So nine subject, and we'll send out the rest of these tools for everybody in the follow-up email. The nine subject line tips to crush email open rates. Now, uh, just, just to give a little background here. So we run a lot of email campaigns. We're sending out probably on average about a million a month. And in some cases we're, uh, you know, we'll have campaigns that send out 20 million for a single campaign in a single month. <clears throat> so emails are definitely not dead. The challenge is you have to punch through the inbox. That's sort of our terminology. And so a lot of times the subject line is the tip because when uh, most people are, are looking at their emails this way, so as they're, as they're scrolling through their emails, you have to really catch their attention. And so, um, you know, here, you know, you notice that people just, they do this, right? So we all do that. So we're looking at this and whatever jumps out, it's either because of the person that's sending it or that subject line or the subheader subject line. So um, what's, uh, what's interesting about this is um, they're saying that email is ex expected to grow more than 22% by 2021. So I'll be curious to hear uh, uh, Nick's comments on that when he comes on. But um, with this, um, you know, we look at, at all of it, but let's just cover a couple of the tips here and then uh, we're gonna get into having our guest on today. So uh, keep it short, uh, they say sometimes. So uh, I have a mixed opinion on this. A lot of times we were like uh, 50 characters was the absolute uh, sort of maximum that you wanted to go. And um, I like going uh, 70 characters because um, uh, sometimes there's just a little bit more to say, or there's a little bit more of a value proposition. Or what I'll do is I'll continue the from the headline to the subheadline uh, to to sort of complete that sentence. Now keep in mind when the person opens the email, they don't see the subhead. The subhead is actually what appears um, uh, uh, underneath, so they actually see it as part of uh, almost like a preview. Um, some people will actually repeat it. You'll notice the white socks here. Um, uh, actually repeat their subject and their subhead. Honestly, that's not a good best practice because you have those many characters, you might as well say more things. So when it comes down to email, we wanna make sure that everybody understands that we're all getting a lot of emails. You need to have a value prop uh, that, you know, I think Jackson, wasn't it? We were just talking about this in our meeting. I think the average person gets 140 emails a day, yes. which averages people that just don't get emails plus the people that get like 300 a day. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's insane that people get that little. I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> um, the one thing that uh, has some uh, has some controversy going on here is the use of emojis spice it up. So do you guys like emojis in your emails? Uh, just the folks that are on live with us, just curious, you know, what you think about emojis and emails. So, uh, you know, the uh, I've seen a lot of them. It catches my eye. I like it. Uh, but then I get like this this pause and then it feels a little spammy. So we haven't really gone to that for our campaigns, not that we won't. But um, I think it's uh, tested in the right area. It's good. But type in your comments on that. I'm curious what you guys think about emojis for emails. Do you like it or do you think it's a little spammy? Uh, personalization, That's that's been one of these things uh, forever uh, where they actually put your name in there. And what surprises me, Jackson, is how many people uh, have my first name uh, correctly uh, and uh, they're spammers. So uh, that's... Um, uh, just sort of an interesting factoid that, uh, you know, doesn't take much to get somebody's first name into an email. Also, another big thing, uh, Constant Contact just updated this. I think MailChimp did too, where you can actually take the first name and put that first name in the subject line. So uh, so that's pretty interesting as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And another thing I'd like to reference, we did, we looked at an article uh, a couple months ago, uh, back when we had uh, George B. Thomas on, but it, going back, it was talking about uh, email marketing. And the one of the biggest things was, uh, you know, video marketing in emails. But they did a test, a side-by-side -side test. They had sent the exact same email out to uh, the same people. And all they did was change the subject line. One of them said the word video in the subject line. One of them didn't. And the one that said video in the subject line, people were more uh, intrigued by it. They might, they clicked on it more. It had a better open rate and a better response rate. So right. it was a, a very, uh, very cool how uh, 
just one word can change your click or open rate for it, it's i think that's insane and insanely awesome so yeah for sure for sure okay so uh jackson uh i'm gonna go into this week's lesson that i'm gonna bring nick on so uh real quick uh while we're waiting um so uh, we're going to have some classes that are announced for our fall schedule here. I'm going to put up a polling uh, question, uh, a poll here, not even a polling question. These are all questions, but these are topics that we're teaching on right now. Uh, we have workshops coming in and we have waiting lists that are starting to build for each one of these. So if you want influencer development and marketing, we have a class for that coming up. Social streaming and video monetization. I think you can click on as many as you want here too. Personal professional branding and storytelling and then LinkedIn social selling. We'll leave this up here so that um, uh, you can click on the ones that make sense for you. Uh, and this is just on a waiting list. There's no obligation. We just want to make sure that we reach out to those that want to be um, on the waiting list first. Um, so real quick, my 60-second lesson uh, of the day is uh, I want you to think about being present. This is an influencer lesson. So we were just, I was just on coaching a team this morning and um, I noticed that uh, there was uh, somebody that was liking a bunch of things uh, and uh, commenting on a few things. So really good engagement. Um, and that's a level of presence. Um, we also want you to understand the power of a post or a share, you know, something where you're actually initiating. This literally uh, puts you sort of a step apart as a thought leader, as an influencer. We want to make sure that even if you're having trouble initiating content, that you're taking content from those that uh, that are your peers, that you admire, other thought leaders that ha maybe have a common audience. And take a look at making sure in your 20 minutes a day that you're actually um, doing this, uh, you know, the, sharing this content with people and putting your thoughts in there. I think this is a great article because I love item number two because um, I think this is valuable so that, you know, so you want to really get into that part where it's a conversation, you're passing it on, and you're really taking it to that next level. So 20 minutes a day. Don't forget when you log into Social Jack, you get the worksheet that tells you what to do in that 20 minutes a day. And three times a week, you'll see at least initiate posts uh, and every day engage with your audience. So real quick, um, as, I, uh, as we get ready here, I'm going to bring on our uh, guest, uh, Nick Myers. He knows the entire Thriller dance from start to finish, uh, which I don't think he's going to do today, but I think we can get a copy of that. Uh, blessings that he is a childhood leukemia survivor. Uh, he was a commencement speaker uh, at his uh, college graduation, spoken. So his first speaking gig was 4,000 people. Imagine that. And he's a, a proud Hufflepuff, and uh, I might uh, quiz you on that today because I've seen everyone Absolutely. at least twice. And then an avid uh, traveler and traveled internationally twice. So welcome, Nick. Great to have you on. Good to be here, Dean. I'm super excited about this. I can't believe it's already been, you know, a handful of months in Social Media Strategy Summit when we met, and here we are now. <laughs> I know. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. So uh, just the fact that you're an avid traveler and you know you know those of you that know me know that i'm a freak about time travel that's sort of my secret hobby and i love studying you know and i i claim that um i am from the future uh but uh, so what's your favorite place like if you could go if you could go to any place that you've been where would you pick to go first i would go back to greece in a heartbeat i mean i went there for a three-week study abroad trip when i was in college and it it was worth every moment of my life i mean it it was incredible i learned so much and because it was a study abroad we got to you know really experience the culture and kind of break away from a lot of the tourist stuff so it was just it was really a cool immersive experience now i go back in a heartbeat the food was great everything was great just the best day I think I remember was we went down by the beach, I grabbed a beer and just sat there in front of the, the ocean. <laughs> that was just incredible. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So so what's with this fascination with uh, you know, we'll get into some AI and futuristic stuff, but what's with the fascination of Harry Potter? What's what sort of dream? Oh my god. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. Like when I was a little kid, I think from like known memory, that was like one of the first movies I remember being taken to. Because remember, it came out in 1999. Right. I remember my aunt and uncle took me and the scene where the book screams at Harry just like still stands out to me because it, it scared me half to death. Right. Um, and then from there, it was just like, I know the magic of it attracted me. I've always been fascinated with magic and different things, which may play into my obsession with AI and stuff here. Um, but yeah, I don't know, the magic, and then I just kind of became obsessed with Harry Potter, and the rest is history. I owned all the Lego sets, and... <laughs> 
Yeah, how about it, man? And then uh, what's interesting, so was this was this truly your first speaking gig with the commencement speech? Yeah, actually, that was, I mean, you know, I had spoken and done presentations in class before and different things, but, you know, I applied to be the commencement speaker because I was very involved in college, and they, I guess they thought I was good enough, and they put me in front of them, and like, I asked them, I go, so how many people is it going to be? Oh, 4,000 in the room and about 8,000 who are watching it live, and I'm like, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> well, that's good then. So what on a fear level, one to ten. 10 being the most scared. Honestly, leading up to it, I was probably at about a nine. And then when I got up there and like just kind of got into it, I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. And it probably dropped down to like a, a four or five at that point. Right. But did you do that thing where you picture everybody naked in the audience or? I did. I actually tried that as I was walking up there. And then I realized like they, they had the stage position. So like it was just dark and you couldn't actually couldn't see anything. So like all I could see was maybe the first three rows and the rest was dark. So that was actually right. really helpful too. Yeah. And a lot of times if you're in a crowd that big, there's stage lighting. So, so the light sort of drowned it out. And actually it's, um, uh, you know, for me, it was always easier for a giant crowd than for a small room. So where I had to do work yeah. is presenting in boardrooms and small rooms. But fortunately, I did that in my 20s. So by the time I got into my right. 30s, it was a uh, it was a little less of a fear. But uh, yeah, that was my big thing. I was like, oh, my gosh, I would just like go into a boardroom and start sweating it out. And I'd be like, ah. You know, it was like crazy. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, this is, uh, you know, I just figured out mechanisms and tricks to do that. So, um, yeah. so yeah. So when I saw you at, uh, you know, stra uh, social media strategy summit, I'm like, okay, so we have to have them on. There's so much knowledge. Uh, before we jump into that though, you and I took a little bit of field trip. Now some people here are from Chicago. A lot of people aren't. So Nick was like, you know, everybody was going to like some frou-frou restaurant or fancy restaurant and stuff like that. And, you know, I think it was Nick and Chris Rudolph and a few of us, and he's just like, I want to try something local, you know, that most people wouldn't think to go to. And so I'm like, I have just the place. So those of you that know me, I started at Merrill Lynch and the Board of Trade. And there's there's a back street called Van Buren. It's off the beaten path. And then on that street is a restaurant called Bona Vino, Boni Vino, B-O-N-I-V-I-N-O. And it's it's literally an old Italian mobster place. Yes, and, it was. Uh, and so we <laughs> walk in and of course the guy's like, you know, handshaking and hugging and kissing and all this stuff, you know, it's like walking into the Sopranos and it had to be <laughs> just surreal for a couple of guys from Wisconsin to walk into the Sopranos setting, you know? So what did you think? So, so a couple months later, what did you think when I took you in there? Well, first, one of the best pizza places I've ever been to in Chicago, hands down. And I don't know if I told you this, but I actually grew up in Naperville. So, oh, yeah, like, that's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah, so I've kind of, you know, I've been to the Giordano's. I've been through a couple of the other places. But, like, that was hands down the best local pizza place. But I think the atmosphere of seeing the guys and the table next to us and, like, the suits and, like, cutting the pizza <laughs> with the fork and everything, I'm like, oh, my God. Are they like, what's going on here? <laughs> it was pretty cool. I loved every minute of yeah, it. Yeah, and the little private rooms upstairs, it was just uh, – yeah, you know, sort of, sort of surreal. All right, so let's talk about some marketing stuff. I'm going to turn this up. So wonderful. Can, uh, uh, so let's turn off the. Uh, um, yeah, we'll turn off the screen sharing real quick. So, uh, so super quick is, um, you know, in terms of AI, give us, give us sort of the high level just to warm us up to it. But you know, I think of artificial intelligence. And it's, you know, it's, I don't think it's always what we think it is because everybody has a different mm -hmm. picture in their head. You know, some people are thinking like the movie iRobot and they're thinking yes, other yeah. things, you know, and Star Wars and Jetsons. Sorry to date myself. Jetsons was a cartoon <laughs> about the future. So uh, anyway, but uh, so, so give us like the basics of. Sure. Of yeah, absolutely. And, and you're kind of right that the common theme that people tend to think of AI right now is like actually one of the examples I use a lot in the talks I give is, are you familiar with the, the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey and Hell 9000? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yep. I always give that reference because truly that is like the first depiction people ever had of a computer that's like quote unquote come to life and is sentient and like has human thought and you know is out to kill us because it was able to identify like our flaws super quick but we're not there yet we're not going to be there yet for a very long time so in, in the ai world there's there's something called a difference between general artificial intelligence which 
can be applied to where AI is integrated into everything and has that high level intellect and can integrate itself into our day to day lives and potentially even surpass our own intelligence. Then we have narrow AI, which is currently where we're at now, where AI can do very, very, very specific things if trained to do so. Um, and we're at the narrow AI point right now and probably will be for quite some time. But everyone always thinks like we're at the HAL 9000. I'm like, got to bring you back down here because we're, we're not there yet. So that's kind of a, a high level overview of those differences. Yeah. And from your, com from your point, what's the difference between AI and machine learning? So artificial intelligence, really, it's able to harvest the data in, well, okay, so I guess I'll kind of break it down a bit more. So there's a couple components to artificial intelligence. So the first one is that machine learning component where it's able to sift through data, you know, find patterns, put together those patterns and, and you know, spit out more data. Um, and then there's also NLP or natural language processing, mm -hmm. which is like Siri, Google Home, Alexa, mm -hmm. it's able to take our voice convert that into data and you know spit out a result. And then we also have something called deep learning, where it kind of capitalizes off of machine learning, but it's able to sift through uh, 10 to 100 times the amount of data as compared to machine learning and do that so quickly that it's able to find you know patterns that our brain may not even be able to find just sifting through the data. Um, and it does this via something called a neural network, where we've actually been able to design um, really like artificial neurons to be able to to carry out this deep learning process. Um, so those are kind of the main components of artificial intelligence. So really what, what, what the technology does now is it's able to use more or less deep learning, NLP and neural networks to sift through massive amounts of data, again, to find patterns that allow us to process it and, you know, at least on our end, figure it out a lot easier than we currently could do without the technology. So. Yeah, and that that's where I that's where I come from on this because I, I you know I'm previously being a, a you know like a basic assembler language programmer talking to the machine and understanding how you know switches work within bits and bytes and all that and then and then becoming a DBA where I just worked with piles of data even back in yeah. the 80s and now look how much data we've collected it's almost to a point of uh, as I you know and I've been going to these data analytics uh, you know seminars and and you know events that we've been working and it's almost to the point of overwhelm where it's like you know it, it's almost like it's almost like a validation of what data is good what data is bad um, and then for us as marketers what data is truly reliable so if i go into right. uh, facebook and i select all the moms for a mom campaign or all the uh, you know real estate agents for a real estate campaign am i really getting what i'm selecting right. so what's your what's your take on reliability um i would say again it, it i don't want to say that it's the most reliable thing out there right now because it's still an emerging technology we're still actively right. developing it um the tech companies alone you know the microsoft google um amazon are dumping billions into r d um, to be able to get it to the point where it is able to be 100% reliable. But with some of the narrow AI applications that they've been able to develop, they, you know, we've been able to see it accomplish great things. I don't know if you've actually seen, have you seen the Google Duplex demo? Yeah. Where they were able to train the AI to sound like a human after listening to conversations and schedule appointments. That right. to me is like, I think that's scary. I'm like, when I, when I why first don't you started, I was like, Why don't you explain that a little deeper? So just so people are, sure. you know, grasp what that is. Yeah, so a couple months ago at Google's developer conference, they released um, one of the first examples we got to see of narrow AI done insanely well, and they called it Google Duplex. And Google Duplex basically is an AI that was able to sift through thousands upon thousands upon thousands of phone conversations between an individual booking an appointment and like a hair salon or calling a restaurant for a reservation. So Google trained the AI to do this and they showed the demo where they basically said, here's a live demo, Google, go ahead and make this appointment and it called. And everyone was like, okay, this is cool. It's like, you know, Alexa, or, you know, Google home talking for the most part. And then all of a sudden the lady picked up the phone and was like, so, can you hold a moment while I look up the information and the device went, mm-hmm. Like it, it, it sounded human. It had the utterance and the intonations of like what a human being would sound wow. like on a phone. So it was almost like indiscernible between, you know, a human talking versus 
the AI talking to make an appointment. I mean, I'm now envisioning a world where I don't have to do that. I can literally ask my phone to call and make an appointment, you know, make a reservation at a restaurant, order me a product. And then I also bring this up in my talks too. I'm like, soon you won't even have to break up with your girlfriend, you know, or whoever you're dating. You'll just be like, hey, Google, break up with so-and-so. The phone will have the conversation. You won't need to deal with it. Now, that draws a lot of ethical and moral questions, sure. raises a lot of them, those. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting technology. And where we're at right now is actually a really cool thing to watch, truly. Yeah, and what's interesting about all this is, uh, you know, how it applies to marketing in our world. So, like, for instance, you know, we work a lot of shows. And so we'll average, you know, 100 to 400 leads per show, uh, usually in capacity if it's a two-day event, <clears throat> depending on the number of people, obviously, and what our involvement is. And then what happens is we come in. And uh, we have a whole process by which they go into our CRM, they go into our email marketing, mm -hmm. they get a follow-up email, and they get a personal phone call uh, from uh, one of our uh, reps that are on the phone. And the goal is, uh, let's see who can, um, you know, who wants to have a meeting and follow up and what conversations right. were real in the show. And so the way I understood it, maybe you can tell me if I'm wrong, <clears throat> I could literally put conditional things like interest, like, oh, they're interested in influencer development. They're interested in doing an event with us. They're in, you know, I could put them in different categories and then, and then all of a sudden that it could make a call sound like a human and be relevant to booking that appointment almost, if you think about it. You're absolutely right. And that's what it does. And that's what they trained it to do. And it was able to go through all those conversations so quickly. Of course, it took them years to actually get the nuts and bolts worked out, but it was able to sift through all these conversations so quickly that it was just able to parse through the data and mold it into, oh, this is what a human being could sound like making an appointment. And, you know, I, I think things like that are ultimately going to change the game. I mean, imagine that for enterprise, Dean, where like, you know, you're, you know, like your life, for example, how busy you are, like you just said, you don't have time to like go into Outlook and make appointments, just have the AI do it for you. I mean, it, yeah. it's super cool, the applications the stuff is going to bring to enterprise alone. So. Well, I'm sort of curious, the people that are on with us today, how many people have used a, a, a virtual assistant, you know, and, I, and and honestly, I haven't. I've thought about it a thousand times. Have you ever used one, Nick? You're, you're talking about the people who work remote who, like, take care yeah. of all your scheduling. I haven't. Um, I see a lot of them on websites like Fiverr and different stuff, advertising services, but I've never actually used one. Yeah, just sort of curious. So, so I'm almost thinking about like this could, um, Maggie, who's on with us today, says she's used uh, a VA and positive or negative, Maggie, just curious about that. So um, I, I'm just thinking about the fact that I, I'm a control freak. You know, so I am too. Yeah. So it's like I'm letting go of my calendar. It's, it's hard enough that I share it with people here and then stuff pops up and, and it's good. There's sales appointments and meetings, but I almost get this point of like, I'm not in control. Somebody, you know? right. So, uh, so, so, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how that works. But I almost, uh, I almost think about that, um, that, that, you know, these, things could, you know, I don't really want to call them automation could take over some of the, the virtual assistant duties, right? Oh, absolutely. And, and the more advanced it becomes with being able to integrate and, you know, my prediction, you know, Microsoft is dumping a lot into R and D for, for AI alone. And my prediction is I think they're going to mold it into office and they're going to begin offering some type of AI, whether that be through Cortana or some other Avenue in office 365, taking care of a lot of different things that, well, you can use an assistant for now that you probably won't need anymore if the AI or the, or the software program can do it for you. So right. um, I think that's definitely something to look out for. And, you know, Google runs G Suite and I can see them doing the same thing. And yeah, I you know, Office 365. Yeah. All that stuff. Yep. I, you know, the big thing now is everyone's talking about will AI, you know, outmode a lot of human jobs. And to be honest, I'm not going to say no, because I think it will. I think you know, as the technology grows and we hit that new paradigm shift of technology versus manpower, I, I think we're going to see a lot of drop off in, in some certain professions. But at the end of the day, I think people will be employed for many, 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 many years to come. So don't worry about that right now. Yeah, I know. And and Miriam chimed in. She goes, I'm a virtual assistant. So I, I, I thought we might have one on here. So, uh, you know, at least. And so she's like, you know, technology cannot replace us. And that's where I'm sort of at, you know, with certain things. Um, you know, and if you, you know, if you want to look good, you don't want to have mistakes in your English, which was my problem when I, I right. used to 
run, I built and I ran a company over in the Philippines for about six or seven years when social was new. But the problem was the communication gap. And, and I guess it's gotten better, but it was just that representation uh, wasn't there, you know, and the content at yeah. best was, was mediocre. And then we had to fix a bunch of stuff. So it was just our personal experience. And I'm sure there's good and better uh, and worse of that. But so now we take it into the marketing realm. So a lot of us do email marketing. Everybody on here is doing social media. <clears throat> Where does AI come into, you know, like social media, for example? Yeah, that, that's a really good question. So I'm sure you've heard maybe about chatbots and the rise of chatbots, especially through Facebook Messenger and some other platforms. Right. So I honestly think we're going to see more of that. And I mean, that may not necessarily be the type of AI that I've been talking about a lot here that, you know, uses all these deep processes to sift through data. But chatbots are, are, are a simple form of artificial intelligence that can have a, a very simple dialogue with a customer that can lead them down the funnel a bit more. Um, and a lot of companies have been seeing success with that. I mean, if you go on like a car dealership website, I see this all the time. It's always like the little persons in the corner going, how can I be of assistance? And then you type your comments in there and it usually gives you some type of response or something like that. You know, I, I think chatbots as a simple AI for social media are, you know, only going to grow here as people realize, okay, maybe it's not as creepy as I once thought it was because I can truly get really quick pieces of information from it. Um, but in terms of, you know, the more deep forms of AI being able to help marketers, I just see that really boiling down to data. I think as the AI grows and we're able to program it to sift through more data, learn more insights about our customers and different things, we're going to start learning patterns and, you know, purchase decisions and things about people that we don't even know about yet. And that where I think is the true excitement comes from with it. Right. Yeah. And I think people want to feel connected to, to whatever it is they're interfacing with, too. They want, they, you know, <clears throat> it's getting better. But I, I do agree that I think as the data gets better, the, the opportunity for AI is going to get better. So uh, sidetrack real quick, because you didn't list this. Uh, have you ever watched or, or been a fan of the X-Files? I've seen a couple episodes, but I can't say I was like an avid watcher. So they, they came back and they did a couple of short seasons. I think there's six or 12 piece seasons. But um, Jackson, for Nick, find that AI one because it was interesting. They did an entire episode where there wasn't <clears throat> any other humans in the episode. Oh, and really? Yet, and yet it was all current <laughs> stuff. Like, you know, they went to a restaurant. And it was his automated menu and the food came out and there was a problem with it and there was no humans. And then he went back in the kitchen and there was all robots. There was not a single human. And then the automated self-driving car came up. And then, you know, it was the whole episode was brilliant because it was like, it was almost like uh, Stephen King's where the, yeah. where the machines turn on the people. That's super cool. Yeah. And it was uh, so uh, Jackson, if you can find that one, actually send it out to everybody. I think it's uh, be entertaining for people to watch. Um, but uh, so as we do this, um, uh, so so where else are you seeing, you know, AI in marketing? So what what seems to be the trend, the hot thing? So I would say right now, and, and this is a lot of what, you know, my agency does, is, you know, my agency truly I'm trying to bridge the gap between technology and marketing right. and voice assistant technology, specifically utilizing um, Amazon's Alexa service and Google um, that's built into all Android devices now um, are truly where we're seeing a lot of, I guess, the more natural language AI starting to take shape because, you know, the trends are predicting that by at least by 2020 now, more than 55% of U.S. households are going to have some type of smart speaker, whether that be an Amazon Echo that has Alexa or whether that be a Google device. Um, so the trend is there that consumers are adopting the technology. And I think this leaves a, a really large door open for marketers and brands not only to maybe sit back, look at um, their current strategy and realize how maybe can we optimize for voice in a world that's going away from the visual and more towards voice. Um, the technology also allows for a one-to-one -one engagement that we haven't really had with technology before. I mean, you have your smartphone and, you know, you can look at stuff on the screen. And of course, we've had social media where you can interact with other people through that. But an actual interaction with technology that gives you feedback is something that we haven't really had in um, at least the form it is now where it's it's actually really good. Like if you, I don't know if you've gotten to play with an Alexa or, or use the Google <clears throat> Assistant, but it's actually really good. 
right. um, and the and the feedback it can give you and the things it can do. So I think people are realizing that, and you know, especially on on the brand level, brands are trying to accommodate people using this by making it easy to say order a pizza, order products. Um, get a Q&A, you know, take a fun quiz and get a discount code for something. I think these are all things that are happening through voice that are really going to change the game in a lot of ways. And I'm really excited to see where that goes, especially on the voice assistant side. Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting. Jackson's our, uh, you know, in-house uh, Amazonaholic, I call him. So he has... Uh, <laughs> We get a shipment a day from Amazon. Some are legit, <laughs> legitimately ours, but Jackson tries every new thing on the thing, and he was one of the first ones in the house to get that. And it was, um, it, it was interesting. Jackson, uh, do you still use your thing? Whatever you have, what do you have an Alexa? Or what do you have? Yeah, I have the Amazon Echo Dot, and it oh. is, uh, it's very cool. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I feel like Tony Stark when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> Because I wake up and I go, Alexa, what's the weather gonna be like today? Like yep. I'm just, I it's it makes you have this like thing in your head, like oh yeah, this is like this is luxurious, you know? It's it's because I don't have to like click the app on my phone, which isn't that <laughs> like, heavy of a task, yeah. but. It, but that's to my that's to my point where more and more people are using it. it it's so easy to talk something as opposed to have to pick up your phone and look at it. Because keep in mind, you know, humans are essentially lazy. We're always looking for the quickest thing to make our lives better. And right. you know, my theory is, and I may be wrong, but I think in the next 10, 15, 20 years, <laughs> you know, we're going to start seeing a decline in smartphones. Because seriously, why own a smartphone if you can just use your voice to get everything you want? Um, and I always talk about how, you know, we're having connections with IoT, the Internet of Things, where, you know, the washer is going to be talking with the right. fridge and the fridge is going to be talking with the thermostat and all these things are going to be connected. And you can probably at once at some point will be able to use your voice to control them all. So I think we're going to see a shift in technology and how we interface with it simply because of how advanced the natural language processing is becoming with Alexa and Google Assistant. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, Jimmy Z, it's funny. This is this is one of my biggest fears because devices are always listening, right? So, you know, most yep. of them. And so Jimmy Z said, you just triggered mine to give me the weather here. So because Jackson <laughs> said, Alexa, what's the weather today? And I'm sure I just triggered it too. So it's funny that it's like picking up even, you know, yep. not his voice to make that trigger. Well, you want to hear something really cool? I actually just read an article on this and saw a commercial. So there's actually commercials now on TV where they will activate the Alexa device or Google Home based on what is happening in the commercial. And then because they've already pre-programmed the skill or the engagement, it will then engage with you following the commercial, whatever they have pre-programmed, but it was activated from the volume on your TV talking to it. Isn't that super cool? <laughs> so so subscribe to Social Jack. Alexa, subscribe <laughs> me to Social Jacks. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, yep. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, um, yeah, so, uh, no, thank you, Jimmy Z. That was, uh, that was awesome. And he said he loves his flash briefings every morning. So I, I yeah. Yep. And I imagine that could be cool. I'm still a little bit old school where I'm, I'm high tech. I'm using a ton of mobile apps. I'm not using voice activation, but you know, I'm interfacing with a ton of AI and machine learning because we have that incorporated into social Jack. And I want to, I want to know more, but I'm also, you know, sort of at this, point of like, well, uh, you know, again, I, I'm the control freak, right? And there's a lot right. of us out there. So I want to know that I'm not automatic. Something's not automatically happening without my knowledge. Yeah. But if I program it, I'm all cool with that. So if I know my life is easier because the second we come back from the show, we we drop all these cards in, or maybe it even happened at the show and all this process is taken off. Um, I'm all about that. Absolutely. And, you know, I will say one thing. The biggest question I get when I, I give my talk on an AI and voice assistance is, well, how do you feel about it constantly? I think you brought this up. How do you feel about it constantly listening to you and collecting your data? Well, my rebuttal, honestly, this is what I've come to and this is what I tell everyone. We're kind of in the age where you have one of two options where option one is you're right. You can be afraid about it collecting your data. You can be paranoid and you can do everything you in your power to avoid your data being collected. But in the connected world we live in, it just truly isn't possible. Anyone can get anything they want in this day and age. Or option two, 
you just accept it and live a happy life. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying like become complacent towards it because don't be wrong, I have my own views on data privacy. But and at the end of the day, we're living in such a connected world where everything we have is is either listening to us or collecting data or, or something. And, you know, it's just to me, it's easier to resolve to just kind of accept that, you know, be vigilant of the misuse of that, but just accept that my data is always being collected or obtained. And that's just honestly how it's going to be as we move through this new paradigm of technological connectivity. Well, and then we we now are seeing all kinds of shifts in social media because uh, I call it the Zuckerberg effect because of what yep. happened with him, with the government and everything else, um, where certain things or certain, you know, certain things can be done, can be said. And so I almost feel like, you know, it's going now, now with the scales tipping to this other side, where is this going to hurt us where, with all the cool data that we've been collecting? I mean, I think as long as people are giving you permission, right, the, the data helps us out from an advertising and marketing perspective. And yeah. I think from the user perspective. Absolutely. And, you know, I would say if you're buying a, a smart speaker, whether that be a Google Home or an Amazon Echo, you kind of are going into it knowing that they make it very clear, both companies, that the device is always on. It's always listening to you. So, you know, if you're one of those people who get the device and they're like, oh, it's always listening to me. I'm like, well, you bought it going into that. So it's like once you buy it and you use it, you kind of are going into that invisible <laughs> contract of, all right, it's always listening to you. It's always collecting data. Um, and that's just kind of where we are. I mean, I've even done tests with my iPhone where I start talking about a certain product or something. And then I kid you not, I go on to Google or I go on to Facebook or something. It will scroll past. And, you know, there's videos on YouTube of this, too. So they're they're always listening. And I mean, that that's that's just the nature of where we're at right now. But right. Um, yeah. So. Uh, so. All right. So let's do a little time travel here. So I'm going to let's jump in our time machine. OK. And then. Uh, so. So give me your, uh, you know, five year, 10 year, you know, 20 year. Where are we going to be at with AI and marketing from your perspective based on the trajectory that you see? Absolutely. So I think in the next five years, I don't think we're going to see too much change. And I say that lightly just because in terms of the deep AI that's able to sift through this massive amount of data and process it and um, get more of that intelligence, we're still in the early, early phases of that. And, and the research and development, I think, will be going on for quite some time. So I think we'll be in the narrow AI phase for, I would say, at least the next five to 10 years. Um, but as that starts shifting, I think we're going to see an increase in things like chatbots for social media. Right. We're going to see a definite increase in voice assistance and the power of the Internet of Things and the intelligent edge and all of our devices becoming connected in a smart sense and using sure. our voice to be able to control more of our lives. And honestly, 20 years from now, I'm hopeful I'm living in a house where I have just something I can talk to to literally accomplish anything. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Wall-E, but the humans oh, yeah. sitting in like the chairs and whatever, and they're floating around. I don't think we'll get there in 20 years, but we will get there at some point. <laughs> yeah, well, I hope not. <laughs> well, I mean, because yeah. we, we still have to exercise. <laughs> That's true. Absolutely. Yeah, Those yeah, people right. didn't exercise. But yeah, right, in terms right. of just the technological ease of, of life, I think we will get there. Well, even from a personal perspective, I'm impressed by Ring, which was actually invented up there in Madison, I believe, uh, the Ring device in the home where actually, you know, you can answer your door and talk to the people that are on mm -hmm. the front porch and you just can interact. And I mean, it's helped from a safety perspective and everything else. But I imagine even those devices are collecting data like, oh, you know, absolutely. normally deliveries come from this time to this time, you know, or this person is here at the wrong time, you know, alert, you know, alert the authorities. So I was just in a um, blockchain. We just did a blockchain AI conference and not to get off on that tangent, but it was interesting to see because they talked about all the data connectivity points uh, and how mm -hmm. blockchain is going to assist with that. But then how many pieces that AI can effect uh and they use the example of a traffic accident and it was just crazy all the different data points yeah. and, and pieces i think it was 32 databases that could be hit within an instant off oh, of wow. traffic accident which was like okay so yeah, that, that, that well that to me that that is the future being here you know of, of of these databases and things like that so real quick while uh we have a, a few minutes left um 
so the people that um the, the people that you follow in marketing and maybe AI and people that maybe we should pay attention do you have uh, certain people that uh, you turn to or you look to that are uh, your influencers in this space? Absolutely. In fact, um, I got to meet one of my AI idols when I went out to visit a friend at uh, Microsoft back in April. Actually, I went out there for a trip and actually caught up with Miri Rodriguez. Ah, um, yeah. But while I was there with her, um, we ran into his name is Dr. James Whitaker, um, he's on Twitter, very active on Twitter, but I read all of his stuff when I started getting into AI and it is, I, I learned so much from, from that man. So he is definitely someone uh, cool to follow at least, who's influenced me to get into the space. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any like specific publications or any other specific people I follow. There's a lot of people on Twitter, but like everyone's kind of talking about the same thing. I guess probably I would just say him. He's been my major influencer in terms of AI. Um, there's a really good book by Ray Kurzweil called How to Create a Mind that I'm currently reading. That's been really influential. So I would maybe pick that up. You can find that on Amazon. Um, he also wrote a book called The Singularity. Oh, God, what was it called? Um, he, it, was, it had the word singularity in it, but he talks all about the singularity point where machines and intelligence and AI will eventually match human intellectual capacity and when that happens what are humans going to what are we going to be needed for you know um so he wrote that book as well um so those are kind of i guess some of my influencers a lot of this really has just been me reading books and looking things up on the internet of course and again following some of these people that have done some really amazing work so yeah, that's cool. And do you use any special uh, tools as part of your work? You know, you guys, uh, your agency, uh, Red Fox uh, Creative, uh, you guys do a lot of um, digital and creative work. Any special tools that come to mind for you that are helpful? Honestly, not really. I mean, I'm currently working uh, on a proposal right now for an e-commerce company to help them build an Alexa skill. And I mean, on the developer end of things, they just use like Jira and some other project management tools. But honestly, Amazon makes it insanely easy for anyone to kind of do that now with AWS Lambda and a couple different things. Otherwise, in terms of proprietary tools, yeah, not really. I mean, for my digital what, management standards. What was AWS? Say that again. What was a, AWS Lambda is kind of where all the Alexa skills are held. So got it. AWS Lambda, L A M B D A, I think. B D A, okay. It's either A L A M D A or L-A-M-B-D-A, either okay. one. <laughs> and, um, and so uh, so that is something where by which we could we could have, um, you know, we could uh, uh, bring audio processing to whatever we wanted to with our websites yep. or landing pages or anything like that. <clears throat> yep. It's almost like self-publishing a book, but now you can self-publish your own. Uh, and does it, does it have like um, AI, almost like the IFTTT that Jackson was talking about, does it have... Uh, you know, sort of formulas and trigger points and things like that in there as well? So basically it outlines a whole set of documentation just from, you know, understanding the NLP to, you know, the invocations to the utterances. And then it does kind of go through some different functions with you on a very high level. Um, but a lot of the tools, they've actually redesigned them to be a lot of drag and drop type stuff and simple input output type things. So I would give it a look definitely if it's something you're interested in doing. Oh yeah, for sure. No, and I just want the audience to understand that. So Jackson, make sure everybody gets a link on that. So, um, so anyway, as we think about AI and we think about marketing together, um, any uh, any any final words or thoughts about you know from your perspective of uh, you know where do we go from here? You know, if we yeah, if we're not, I would, from, yeah, go ahead. I would definitely say that keep your eye on all this as it emerges. I mean, it's it's a really exciting space to be in now just because it is so new. But at the same time, with it being so new, everyone still kind of knows about it in some way, um, which is funny because, you know, I go to a lot of meetups here in Madison and there's people who haven't even done anything with social media yet. And here I walk in and I'm like, artificial intelligence, future of technology, you know, all this different <laughs> stuff. So I kind of overwhelm them. Um, right. I would just say, keep your eye on it all. And, and I always like to, to say this to people too, you know, we don't really realize how magical, you know, we don't think magic exists, but it does if you really think about it. The fact that I'm sitting here in Madison, 
Dean's in Chicago, and all of you are tuning in via different parts of the country over a frequency and beam to a full image on a, on a, on a device that is just made of, honestly, electricity is what powers computers. Just think about that. It, it's, it's incredible the things that technology has been able to allow us to do to make our lives better. Um, and I think people need to, to stop and think about that a bit more because, you know, these smartphones, like they've only been around for 10 years, but look at everything they've helped us do and, and what the vision for that was. I mean, magic does exist and we're using it every day. So, yeah. And there's, <clears throat> oh, Tracy, uh, Tracy says waving. She's in medicine too. So, uh, <laughs> hi, hi, Tracy. And that's the other thing too, is, uh, you know, Jackson has, uh, you know, has a smartwatch and it's, it's interesting that he can, he has all these apps on there so technically uh as jimmy says it's social magic but you know you have these apps you could literally watch our program and a lot of people download the app and they <clears throat> you know we, we tell them not to watch it in their car but they can stream it in their car however they need to listen to it or you can dial a phone number so it's almost getting to this world of preferential communication as we call it to where you can choose how you want to get things you know which yep. is cool absolutely yeah, but it is magic. So, Nick, I really want to thank you as uh, we have people on with us today. So we have some um, um, most people know, but some of you may not know that we're in the influencer development space. So we love doing that. We churn out uh, influencers every um uh, so we'll start a program and we have a 90 day program. And so we take you from zero to hero or hero to rock star, wherever you're at. Uh, so if you're looking to uh, build up uh, your speaking audience or your influence in the marketplace or within your industry or just within your career, uh, Social Jack uh, loves doing that for folks. And um, we literally launch influencers each and every day, which is a fun thing. So I'm going to put up on the screen just some of our programs. Uh, click on the one uh, that makes the most sense to you. Uh, if any, and uh, we'll follow up and uh, see if you want to uh, just talk a little further about that. Next week, we have um, we have uh, Wayne Breitbarth. Boy, another Wisconsin. You know, we're really getting some representation here <laughs> in Wisconsin. Because I did spend the last seven years up there on quite a few projects. So yeah. uh, he's a LinkedIn trainer. I've known him forever, worked with him before. Uh, he's a great speaker and consultant and the author of uh, The Power Formula for LinkedIn Success. So you you guys have met too, right? Um, we actually haven't met, but I know he's okay. done a couple events up here at Dream Bank and AMA Madison. So yeah. All right. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. So uh, So Jackson, let's pick a winner. Uh, that we haven't had somebody that's new. Um, and so let's pick somebody new to win a um, <laughs> yay Wayne cheese heads unite says Maggie. So she's up there too. <laughs> awesome. Um, yes. And we do like uh, Jackson. What's that beer that we're always asked to bring back from our neighbors? Spotted cow. Spotted cow. Yeah, that's so what everyone says. Yep. We're responsible for that shipment. So, um, so uh, Jackson, find a uh, engaged uh, winner, somebody that we haven't had before for our Starbucks gift card. And then I want people to type in. This is super important to us. So you're going to go on. You're, you're going to get sucked into your busy day. But type in one thing that you learned today that you're actually going to use or do or you are inspired by. You're going to put into action. We want to make sure we have actionable steps that come out of this. And it's different for everybody based on maybe how much you heard or when you were listening or what you picked up on or where you're at. So um, so please, please, please uh, type that in now so we can wire that in and, and schedule time with yourself to put it in practice. So, uh, so Jackson, do you have a winner picked out yet? Yeah, uh, Maggie Mongan. So she's, uh, she's the one that said, uh, you know, yay about Wayne, and she's up in Wisconsin, and she was the most engaged. So, oh, got it. Well, I and I have was, a. Yeah, I have a second placer. I'm going to pick Tracy uh, Seifert too. I want Tracy to get a Starbucks gift card. She's uh, she 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 was late in here uh, chiming in, but uh, she's rocking in here. So let's get Tracy and Maggie. And so here's our rules, ladies. Uh, look at guys, the ladies kicked your butt this show. So um, so here's our rule. You, you, what we want you to do is we want you to have coffee. Uh, or tea, whatever you prefer in Starbucks. And Nick, what we like to do is we like to have them share something that they learned from the program with somebody that they care about and, and really help teach the world about the things that, that they're learning. And I, I believe maybe it's because both my parents were teachers, but I think we should always be inspiring and teaching others as we learn, you know, and, and apply. So 
Um, so that's our that's our model. That's our methodology. And so, Nick, if people want to uh, follow you and connect to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, so um, I'm very active on LinkedIn. So feel free to add me on LinkedIn. Um, I also am quite active on Twitter as well. My handle is uh, at the Redneck M. Um, and also I uh, feel free to email me. I sh that should be listed on my website. And uh, yeah, I'm always open for, I can't tell you how many me meetings I take on a weekly basis just to talk with people. So if you ever want to meet or email me or hop in a Skype chat, I feel free, let me know, love to talk. Or when in town, meet us at Bonavino's. <laughs> Absolutely, that too. <laughs> Get some right. gangster pizza. Woo. All right. Well, uh, Nick, a, a true delight to have you on. Thank you so Thank much you. for playing with us and uh, being on with us. And we learn so much every time uh, every time we talk. So thank you for being one of our influencers and influencing those in our audience. And uh, keep learning and sharing, man, because it's cool stuff. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for really having awesome us. My pleasure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, from all of us here at Social Jack headquarters uh, and from Madison, uh, we will uh, bid everybody uh, great success online. Uh, and uh, yeah, everybody will actually see you online. All right. Take care, everybody. We'll see you on the next show.